The AI Optimist with Declan Dunn. Because we're all talking about AI like it's about to happen. <laughs> and no, that, that cat is out of the bag. But really, like in the, because most of the social platforms are driven by algorithms. Mm-hmm. Those algorithms, including um, from the book The Power of One, the woman at Facebook who recently left and put out a book and talks about the amplification of either negative speech or sort of, I won't call hate speech because I think that's a little much, but anger, polarization. And if you look at Twitter, X, everyone loves to jump against Elon, which is funny. I don't care either way personally. I admire him in one sense and I don't in others, but she take a number. We're human. Yeah, exactly. But but the pre-Twitter was like editing people for opinions that was a shared truth. Much of actually, a lot of it, I don't really mind in one sense, but it was still eliminating discussion. And people said, okay, we need a new social media platform. I said, well, it's really funny. And I'd love to hear your feedback on this because to me, what people loved about Twitter, not personally, but I never really loved it, but what people loved about it, it was a discussion, raw, virulent, opinionated, but it was a discussion. <clears throat> Now it's all driven by algorithms. Every single platform is. Yeah. So is there any room? Because what actually rewards you, what you'll make money on, what you'll get exposure on and followers is trolling, being negative, Mm -hmm. stirring the pot. Even if you like something like you're saying, I'm a liberal, I'm a conservative living in your echo chambers. That's where AI and algorithms led us. And it brings us to an interesting question like, which social pl- media platform do you trust? <laughs> you know, that, that, the answer to that question has changed for me over and over again. And it's been distressing every time because it's not like I have a new one I trust. It's, no, an old one I used to trust I don't trust anymore. And it just keeps whittling down and whittling down. Why don't you trust them anymore? Like, I mean, in general, like, which, uh, you can name one, we don't care. Well, you know? what happens or what has happened is that I start to hear them presenting information without any support. They take a position all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and provided no support for it. And it's often a very hot-button political position. And I hope from talking to me, you can't tell if I'm conservative or liberal. Because I don't want to be any of those things. I want to be I want to be based on facts. I want to be based on what's true. And I, it really bothers me to hear something purported as truth that isn't backed up by the data. Now, it, it may be a fair position to take as a hypothesis, but that's not the same as here's the conclusion. And and when media has been media used to not present conclusions, it used to prevent just present here's the news. But now it's all about we'll tell you what it means, and we know better than you. And and now they've got a reputation. For this one is conservative, this one is liberal, this one is Antifa, this one is fascist. You know what I mean? Why? Why does that have to be? Do you know other examples or, or other things you would see when you talk about using AI with compassion, not void of wisdom? Any ideas well, that come up yeah, in terms that, of that? What I'm thinking about there is what happens to jobs that are going to be impacted by AI? So 
it could be that some jobs could be lost. But the fact is, is that if you're in that area where you have a job that is likely to be lost to AI, you do have to turn your own head on and go, well, I need to make the next step myself. I, I don't want to make myself a dinosaur. Maybe there's a little more I need to learn. Maybe I need to learn how to use AI to do the thing I do, which will give me a leg up of a, on all those people who didn't bother to do that. So it's it's part of the game. Part of it is taking action yourself. And part of it will be people like you were talking about who will make the opportunity to learn how to put it into practice available to people. But you still got to say, yes, I, I'm willing to be trained. I'm, I'm willing to be tutored or schooled. But even without that, you know, well, like one thing that you're doing right now, which I think is just fabulous, you are being an advocate for AI to be used. You're not just automatically going, this is going to hurt people. It's going to scare people. I want to get away from it. You're just like, wait a minute. Let's, this is like fire. You know, yeah, it's dangerous if, you, if you're stupid about it. But let's not be stupid about it because it's really powerful and really useful. So by giving people examples, things that they can engage with, that they can they can start to be thinking about, you know, they'll think the next step after what you've thought of. So, you know, you're you're not you're not trying to be the the total answer to everything AI. You're just trying to say, look, I have been bothering to think about this. Let me tell you what I've thought about, and maybe you can take it to the next step, and I'll listen to you. And then I'll take it to the next step and, 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 you know, so th th that's the, the upward and onward and that's compassionate. And by, by sharing what we've learned is it's useful. Now we can look at this and say, well, I'm, I'm alerting the enemy. I'm, I'm teaching my competitors what they could do to, to, you know, to take over from me. Well, not really. You're already one step ahead of them. They had to learn that from you. So just keep, just stay there. You know, it, it's not all that hard. <laughs> it's just staying engaged. No, what's funny is one of the things that's come up that's been amazing, there's a, this book by a man named Brian Christian called The Alignment Problem that I was suggested to read. And it's a little heavy for some people because it's a little technical. It's a fabulous read. Um, so, for example, early AI in early 2010s, there's this program in the judicial system called Compass. And Compass was that when judges who are overwhelmed are brought with somebody to trial and they're supposed to recommend sentencing or not, they use the algorithm to basically give the judge an idea of whether this person would be a repeat offender. Mm. Now, here's the cool part. And it's not cool when I say it because it's going to be like, wait, that's horrible. But it's here's the thing. What this AI has done is turned a mirror on us. Because what happened was the overwhelming amount of people in U.S. prisons are African-American. It's the sample. I'm not trying to make judgments here. It just is what it is. Just okay? a fact. Yeah. It's just data. And AI looks at facts, right? So mm -hmm. it says, okay, here's the representative data. Here's the sample of what the majority are. Okay? So what happened was same crimes, same general patterns, white person, 23 years old, Black person, 23 years old, white person on their spectrum scores three out of 10. Judge says, hey, we'll let him go this time. We're not, we're not talking murderers here, okay? These are like repeat right. offenders. <clears throat> Black 23-year-old guy scores a seven out of 10. Hmm. And they had to look at it because the bias that came out, and this is what really freaked him out. 
Is there like, oh, something's wrong with AI? But, and I'd love your feedback on this because to me, it wasn't AI. It starts with us. It was merely reflecting what we are and that if we actually want to change AI and its impact, it's sort of looking at ourselves and realizing we got to change some of the bias. I mean, that's an extreme example, but there's numbers of them. Amazon had that with hiring men and women skewed towards men just because it was full of men. Right. It doesn't know. <laughs> so what do we like as an interesting question? It's And they're fixing that, by the way. I have a lot of faith because like these things don't happen overnight. But with examples like that, what's funny is one of the things you brought up that I really love is it really has to start with us. Like you said, with discussions on social media, it doesn't start with the technology. Right. Well, the, the notion of discussion, I think, is a really important one that it's got. Uh, we were we were talking earlier and I, I used the phrase of of competing monologues. That is not a discussion. We have to hear each other. We have to be willing to flex our position in, in the face of a good idea or good data. Um, I'm not saying that if somebody presents phony data that we should we should act on that or if somebody presents you know, cherry pick data. But if you're given something that challenges your position, well, accept the challenge. And so the, the worst thing that could happen to you is that you'll change your mind. The best thing is I'll realize why my position is so right after all, because it stood up to the test, you know, but you know, however you look at it, it's, it's worthwhile. And it's worthwhile too, to when you, when presenting to others that, you do it coming from a place of I'm trying to help, not I'm trying to win. And because if, if we're in a position where we got to win all the time, then we're going to start making bad choices and we're going to, we're going to start living with our biases that they're going to, they're going to become ingrained. What you're saying in a way to me is what I would frame very lightly. Uh, the scientific method. I mean, my job is not to prove myself right. I'm curious. Exactly. I know, I know very little. <clears throat> and I want to know what I don't know, not to be proven like you're wrong, like being wrong is horrible. Being wrong is normal. Exactly. You know, yeah, right? exactly. Welcome to the human condition. But like and embracing that, not to like, go around stumbling and be none of us are trying that way. But one of the real parts is like, can we absorb it like um, and, and not have to then try to autocorrect everything for eternity? Because once you recognize a pattern, and that's what I think, one of the things I think has caused part of the disruption in our society, U.S. only, I can speak for. Part of it is the algorithms and social media that increase those liberal, conservative, I don't even want to go into that whole crazy mess. But really, like, those echo chambers and those tribes and those fake identities to me, because people love to identify, like, you have, I love it, like, people go, you're left, you're right. I go, I don't like either of those sides. I, I even joke, I go, I'm an equal opportunity hater of both political sides. <laughs> I, I am a but radical centrist. I don't see that you can't be. Like, it's weird. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad if you, you know, what their belief systems represent. But what AI has done first is, and, and this was done, by the way, from humans designing the AI to do that because from an ad revenue perspective, it creates more impressions. Mm -hmm. It creates more ad revenue. It's really weird, but 
it actually creates more and more. And that's what people like. And that, and what's funny, if you put something very loving or kind up, and I'm not saying this doesn't happen, there's some real cool counterexamples to that. But much of it is amplified, the negative part of human behavior, because you really can't always monetize when somebody feels good. They right. don't feel the pain. They're feeling the well, I mean, that, that comes down to what is the what is the ultimate use for this? If if it's all about monetization, we're going to start making poor choices. Because the fact is, just any mammalian species, we are more driven by fear than we are by pleasure. We're, we will avoid pain at a far greater rate than than we will pursue pleasure, and that's built in evolutionarily. We wouldn't have survived if it hadn't been for that. Well, guess what? It's still there. And and not only still there, it's still in operation. You know, it's it is it is how we process the world. Now we could start making choices different than that, but there's gonna be a lot of pressure from from society and AI as a particular part of society is gonna keep reestablishing what it knows because it only knows about what's already happened. So um, it's re it's reasserting the past. So and hopefully not reasserting the failures of the past. And hopefully it's starting to parse that out. But making value judgments is something it's not terribly good at yet, and may never be. So we'll find out. We we certainly hope. <laughs> I think it's real hope is that it's not. And what's funny is we're the ones feeding it the data. They have, to, have you ever heard of the term model collapse? No. So the idea is like in SEO right now, search engine optimization, which is always a copycat industry, okay? You find out who's number one, you pretty much try to do what they did. Mm -hmm. Pretty much, it's cloning, like for a nice word. So of course, what AI does, if you're looking at it, it's stripping all those sites, scraping them, and it's basically doing what SEO people did by hand but it's creating the same thing. It's not creating something new and leading to model collapse. If everyone right now said, screw it, I'm just going to use chat GPT. And I mean, everyone, I mean, mm -hmm. everybody, because I don't mind. A lot of people don't have skills at writing and it's really helping them. Like I, I, mm -hmm. I get that they're upskilling. I'm a writer. I'm not like I use chat GPT tremendously for research. It's insane. But if there's nobody like me creating original content, other people right. creating original paintings, music, that's where it will get dumber. Mm -hmm. It gets, it's called model collapse that if it just <clears throat> looks at what it creates, it heads right downhill. So what's funny is there's an interdependency between humanity and AI that's inherent. AI can't go anywhere without us. Again, mm -hmm. prognostications aside <laughs> with the, you know, well, what's funny is that ties right into what you're saying, anthropomorphism, making AI human. Mm. What would AI, what would I do if I was AI? Most people say, I'd rule the world, I'd kill everybody. <laughs> Humanity. Yeah. But right? That's a it's a weird, like it's I mean, ChatGPT doesn't have childhood trauma. ChatGPT. <laughs> that was actually a sign at the writers' conference. The person was saying ChatGPT because I'm a writer. That's why I write well, because I've this feelings. But it's a funny thing. It doesn't have what we have, which is baggage. And, right. and that baggage creates brilliance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Not it tests your metal. It, it, AI isn't really testing itself. It's just it easily discards things if, if it if it finds it doesn't isn't supported in the data. We have a hard time with that. 
And is that we have to work at it. We have to make sure that we let go of bad ideas and let go of bad practices and 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 bother to to upgrade ourselves. But the, the beauty of it is we have the power to do that. And we can do it on, you know, an exponential scale as humans. AI is doing it at best at algorithmic scale. <laughs> and it will continue to. But a lot of that will come down. I, I, I was on a I had an Uber ride the other day and was talking with my driver who had like four degrees. Why is he driving for Uber? I don't know. But <laughs> he starts launching into that. Well, he figures that that it's gonna all going to be okay because the AI, the the algorithms are going to take care of everything. And I'm like, you do realize that it's humans who have to write the algorithms. Well, AI yeah, can write algorithms, yes, because they've been told how to write algorithms by humans. You know. <laughs> We're still at the source of all this, and we, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna leap away, and and no longer need humans. Humans are going to continue to be an essential part of this, whether it's from driving the engine below it, uh, you know, or you know, the building of the engine, or from driving. And you know, that's one thing that that you've talked about on on the podcast over and over again. It comes down to the quality of the questions you ask. I mean, it really, really matters. And and the difference between poor questions and, and good questions is vast. I mean, it's like you have to get to a certain level. You have to at least be good enough or the output is useless. <laughs> but that, you know, that good enough thing is, are you going to bother to do your part? And, and, and that's part of, of applying, applying wisdom and compassion to all this. I want to do something that works, that gets a good result, that, you know, not just good for me because okay, I got a, I got some product created for myself, but it's good for the people that I would like to touch. You know, the the those that are going to be served by this. It's interesting. Is it actually comes down to like training AI because one of the things about AI is it's all based on the data it's trained on. Mm-hmm. And I actually got this from a group of friends you introduced me to a bite sized bio, who are scientists and and much deeper level than I am. And I was showing them some of the things, and it was funny because it was totally not ready for any scientist to actually really use validly because there's such a, it's the scientific method, it's really rigid. But I thought, and it started occurring to me that I always dream about, like, what if you could create something that would fit? Because one of the problems with research, um, I'll I'll reference Alzheimer's only because it's one I know, the current Alzheimer's treatments are ineffective. And we've basically been doing the same treatments for about 20 years. I'm not going to go into details because, frankly, I don't understand them. But this was from someone way smarter than me. And it was really clear that this is the only way we handle a problem. Then there's these other people researching and coming up with new solutions that, for whatever reason, politically, power, money, I don't know. But are nobody, they're shunted to the side. Mm-hmm. So the research is there. But we're not looking at it. So one of the things you, you talk about really sparked something. Me, If you create AI, always say, okay, here's the existing opinion. Wouldn't it be better to say, okay, what's the counter opinion? What is the one that opposes this? Present that to somebody. Present that as a perspective, as what a cool term in Silicon Valley is, steel manning from a book. Right. Uh, take the other person's perspective when coming in. What if AI was actually designed not just to give you the answer, because I actually get this from my prompts. I tell it to disagree with me. I tell mm-hmm. it to attack me, my opinion, not me personally, but to attack <laughs> my opinion. 
But if we actually had it where if it's giving you an answer, let's say in Alzheimer's research, by the way, here's some French stuff. Mayor, it's not valid. It's not the same place. What do you think of that in terms of like creating an AI that would actually say, okay, here's the truth and here's maybe truths? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, <laughs> the word truth is pretty loaded. Um, and, you so, know, yeah. <laughs> that, truth, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, the truth with a capital T. <laughs> But, you know, it is worth challenging the premises. At the end of the day, don't we want to do the greatest good? And and the answer to that often is, well, I'm willing to do the greatest good if it doesn't hurt me too much. <laughs> we all have our threshold. Some people are like, no, if it's not good for me, end of story. We're not going to go there. And they're, they're straight narcissists. But other people are like, well, I'll go a certain length, but there is a there is a bridge too far. And, you know, we have to we have to pick that. Because the AI can't pick that. And that's sort of the natural cross-pollination mm -hmm. that also I think the internet does have. In fact, um, yeah. one of my future pods, I'm, I'm nicknaming Project Alexandria, which is uh, based on the Alexandria Library. Mm -hmm. And I like the myth of it. I don't know what the truth is, but supposedly all the knowledge of the world. Right. Or a heck, heck of a good library. Let's just put mm -hmm. it that That was destroyed for whatever reason. I said, wouldn't it be really cool if, like, I love studying World War II, and if you study it from a U.S. perspective, which I have being raised in the U.S., and I don't mind it, we're the heroes, we saved Europe, that view of the world, if you look at it from another perspective, from the Russian perspective, as many people died in the Battle of Stalingrad, Russians, as Americans and English combined, Right. the numbers are Staggering. They actually call it the Great War, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. It's a very different thing. So, okay, we have the U.S. perspective. Then we have the Russians create their library with their culture. Mm -hmm. And we have the French and the British and the Japanese and the Chinese. And all of a sudden, this Project Alexandria idea is that I would, as a just in history, I would be able to pull out what they saw even though it's got propaganda and culture and bias, and I don't want to get into it, but what it's going to teach us is a different point of view. Right, exactly. Well, the context is is so critical. And the perspective we're bringing to things, this, this, is, this is the responsibility that we have, as humans have in this interaction with AI, is to bring a, a perspective and, and to, to establish context in such a way that the output is reliable and isn't harmful and, and hopefully is going to make things better. We all want things to get better. Let's do that. Let's play our little roles here and watch it happen. And if we can, you know, if I can count on you to do it and you can count on me to do it and we can count on that stranger over there that we've never met before to do it, I mean, we're all better off. <laughs> What what is the one thing that you know about AI that you really think about like believe in AI that very few people really understand about it currently? Well, I I will I will stand up against those that see an evil monster that is going to destroy humanity. I just I just don't see it. I. I don't believe it. And I realize some powerful and intelligent plugged in people have said this. So, you know, I'm going up against them 
But like you, I do have a great deal of faith in humanity. And this thing is not bigger than us. Not yet. And not close to it either. It's not like, oh, it's not today, but it will be tomorrow. No, it won't be. It's going to be a while. This thing is big and it's complicated and it needs a lot of honing. And it's still in infancy. It's still, it's got to gotta become, it's not even a toddler yet. You know, and it's going to have to grow up and it's going to have to go through puberty and it's going to, you know, to hit any kind of adult stage. And that is a long way off. And we still have a lot of opportunity to influence that. So let's do so. The AI Optimist. My name's Declan and I'm done. See you next time.